Welcome to the Social Insight Show, sharing social media industry perspectives. And now, here's your host, Jeff DeHaven. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Social Insights Podcast Show. Today, we are broadcasting live from Social Media Marketing World. And uh, today's show is brought to you by Social Mitten, Michigan's largest social media conference. And you'll hear more about that in the program. We are excited to sit down and talk with Owen. Owen, thank you for being here. It is my pleasure. All right. So those that maybe haven't heard of you, which maybe is a small amount, but tell a little bit about you know what you do and, and what you do on a day-to-day. Yeah, you're, you're very um, kind to me with your words, but there, I'm sure there's plenty of people who don't know who I am, and I do legitimately feel, feel bad for all those people. But my name is Owen. I'm at thevideospot.net, where we maintain a blog on video marketing, uh, uh, YouTube marketing, Facebook video ads, and really all things video production related. And as we're hearing at Social Media Marketing World, video is the biggest thing right now in social media. There's live video. There's all these apps to to maintain and and utilize that. But where did your passion begin in video? If you watch any of his keynotes or or listen to you online, the passion just just, just oozes out of there. Yeah, you know, my passion began at nine years old, uh, Christmas Day, when uh, that was the year we got a Nintendo. It was the year that I got a bike, and it was the year that we got one of those big shoulder mount video cameras, right? Where you had to put the whole VHS cassette tape inside the thing. Okay, so yeah, we had, wow. we, I, I could have become a gamer. I could have become more of an athlete or instead I became a videographer. So <laughs> as soon as my dad brought home that camera, we immediately started making stop motion Lego um, uh, animations. We got the Barbie dolls out plus my, uh, you know, superhero uh, uh, figurines. And we would make these, the movies, the, the, the best movie I ever made was when I was 14 years old, and a documentary came out called Hoop Dreams, uh-huh. right? And this was like all the rage in the, uh, in the independent film circles, right? And it, that, it, they, I'm still a media hound. I love media. Okay. So we made a, a movie called Badminton Dreams <laughs> with my brother, his friend, and the badminton court we had in our backyard. You know, we bought it from, I'm sure, Target or something for 10 bucks. <laughs> right. um, my passion for video has always been there. It did not become a reality for me until two years after YouTube went big. So in about 2008, I was working at a radio station. I was number one in sales on, uh, on air and number one in sales on the internet. Okay. But I also had an attitude of leave me alone and let me sell. So there wasn't a good fit there. And when I left the radio station, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a living with this YouTube thing and on video. And that's exactly what I did. That's awesome. That's so inspiring, man. Um, my passion started with, with radio, too, and I did a little bit of that, and, and now I'm uh, all onto social media. So as businesses are looking to, they're hearing, I need to be on video. There's, you know, there's lots of options with Periscope. There's Facebook Live. There's Blab. There's just traditional YouTube and so on. Kind of where do they need to start? What do they need to do first? Yeah, that's a really great question. Starting with video is a little bit more complicated than you might want to think. And it has nothing to do with equipment. It has nothing to do with your cords. It has nothing to do with with what resolution you're outputting or anything like that. It has to do with who you are as a business and what your business objectives are. So you start there. At VideoSpot, predominantly we work with companies that want to grow revenue on YouTube. So they have a product line or they're a service-based company. Maybe they're a consultant, maybe they're in the trades. How do we produce videos where someone says, oh, I'd like to call you and hire you, right? right? That's where you start on YouTube. Now, your services, the products that you provide, you start there. And and if you have multiple products, start with one, your best seller. 
and then create a, a content cloud around like a brainstorm remember we learned this in elementary school right yeah. start with the main idea and draw clouds around it you know right. start with your main product idea and then build around questions to which the answer is your product and begin to answer those questions on video that is a very powerful way to start to begin your video marketing because all your content is going to lead back to a product which can be sold which will make profit, which will then go back into buying a better camera, a better mic, and so on and so forth. So start with your monetization pathway. How are you gonna make money doing this? And you pick your platforms based on which will best serve those those needs. Okay, that's awesome, and yeah, hitting that goal every time is, is gonna get you that ROI. So then from there, once you kind of, okay, understand what I need to be filming, what would you start off with equipment? And those are for just starting off and, and getting get into it. And then from there, when should you upgrade? Why should you upgrade? And Great. so on. Great question. So the first camera I ever bought was a $300 camera from Best Buy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get it online because I needed it that day, okay. right? To this day, I've probably made over six figures with that camera alone. Wow. And a $150 um, lavalier. Uh, it's an Asden wireless mic. Go to Amazon. They're $149. The best. I have three of them. They're one of the best mics I've ever bought. Okay. So that total investment for me was $450 plus a $60 tripod. So let's just say $500 to get started with good equipment. Um, that's that's like your baseline. Now the reason that you need a camera and a mic is because people will watch a bad video if the audio is fine, but people will not watch a phenomenal video if the audio is scratchy, messed up, or otherwise unbearable. So you need to have professional video, you need to have professional audio. You can get that with the, the pack I just mentioned. Now, you'll see people on social media, and there are people here at this event that I know, love, and respect that are talking about using mobile devices, okay? This is not something that is a practice, a best practice, or something that professionals do. Okay, so unfortunately, the people that are promoting this aren't actually doing it themselves, right? So I want you all as business owners to be aware of that. Um, using a mobile device is kind of like your poor man's video. And you have to ask yourself, if you're a financial services company, if you're um, a restaurant, if you're a hotel, is that type of video going to properly represent you to your core audience? where you're gonna have great video, because iPhone videos are great, but the audio is not mic'd up, you know, where there's no tripod. So be really aware uh, aware of that. Yeah, yeah, the shakiness. I, I personally wouldn't do it unless that live type of shakiness is part of the, the you know, the feeling that you're trying to communicate. You're, you're trying to say, look at us being unprofessional. Look at us being behind the scenes, right? Okay, so first thing, that's your equipment. That was a really long answer to that question. That's your equipment. But the next thing right from there is pick your location. Where are you going to shoot? And you want to shoot 10 videos in that location around that one topic that each has an individual title. Now you could do, you know, video number one is part one, why you need a widget part one, why you need a blue widget part two, and then maybe there's why you need green widgets or how many different widgets are there and what's the best way to buy a widget? What's the best widget company in Montana? What's the best widget company in uh, Michigan. Michigan? So on and so forth. So you build out, you, you, you've got your equipment and then you've picked out where you're going to shoot. Now as you're picking out that location, whether it's a white wall or whether it's your desk, what I would recommend is that you step off of that background at least three feet. You sort of want equidistant between the camera you 
and the background. The biggest mistake new producers, new creators make is they're right up against that bookshelf. So I see your shadow. When you move, I see you shaking the books. You've created no depth. And we have, we have studies that show that the more depth in your background, the longer people will watch your video. So get your equipment, settle on your location. You've already got the titles. Now it's time to grab your package and shoot. Okay. This is good stuff. I love this. I love this. So is there a preference for inside, outside? Is there a preference for, um, yeah. you know, certain backgrounds, certain colors, things of that sort? Yeah. The most unique and original thing you could do is stand in front of a bookshelf. Obviously, that's a huge joke. Everyone's doing the bookshelf thing. If that works for you, do it for you. I think Amy Schmidauer does a great job with the bookshelf. Uh, she changes it. She changes it up. It's very branded in the background. Uh, my buddy Sean Cannell has done some stuff with a with a background bookshelf that also is is pretty good. Um, but you have to also think about, is that going to give you the look that you want? I'm not against the bookshelves. I just want you to be aware that everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is to, I, I have a client, a financial services client, who's sitting on his desk. I love the way that looks. It's yeah. casual, but we're still in the office environment. And because he's higher up off the ground, we're actually getting his uh, ac uh, diplomas and stuff like that, his certifications in the shot as well. Nice. So being in the office is cool as well. Um, internal stuff, here's what your, your key is. Like if you're gonna be shooting indoors, I, a white wall will never look white on camera. I don't care how nice your lights are, okay? It's gonna look gray, it's gonna be shadowy. So be wary of that. Um, your background should be clean. I, not empty, but clean, right? Make sure that the edges, you know, the edges are aligned, the pictures are straight and that sort of thing. Uh, there's no, if, if you're shooting for whatever reason in a living room, uh, make sure that the, 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 the pillows are on the couch nicely and it's all fluffed up, you know what I mean? Make it like a staged home, right? And if you wanna know more about how to stage a home, look at my uh, client's channel, Tori Toth at Home Stagers. She does great work on how to stage your home for real estate, the same stuff applies to your video. Right. Now, last thing I'll say on that is lighting. Okay, lighting is an essential part of your video marketing. As a matter of fact, video does not make sense. Video, all video is is the capturing of light. So you've got to have light that both backs, that lights up your background and also lights up your face while also eliminating shadows. Yeah. It is probably the most complex part of the video marketing thing, but if you if you have a well-lit room, skylights, windows, that'll work fine. Um, if you're in a, like the perfect room, but there's no light or the only light is overhead light, here's what you're going to get. Frankenstein face, right? Because your brows are going to cast a shadow on your cheeks. Your nose is going to cast a shadow on your chin. And you're going to, that's exactly how they filmed the Boris Karloff horror movies with all the light from the top. So you'll need to have light coming from underneath you or right on to cancel that out. Here's my challenge for you guys. Um, uh, as, as new creators, business owners wanting to create. Yep. Um, make lighting your, your next priority, okay. right? I would always say don't shoot on mobile if you want to be taken seriously. Lighting is a little more challenging and people are much more forgiving. So don't let lighting stop you. Make that your phase two. Get all your equipment and then start playing with lighting. Um, so don't stop just because, you know, you heard a podcast said, I'll look like Frankenstein. I'd, you know, just be careful is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the last part of that is shooting outside. Um, I would recommend that you don't shoot outside. Yeah, because 
you know? Now, and then the truck drives by. Nothing sounds as crisp and as clear on your video as a 16-wheeler driving a block away from where you're shooting. Oh, yeah. You know, your, your microphone will just pick up on that, and you will not be able to get rid of it. So I recommend don't shoot outside unless the video specifically calls for some outside -y stuff. Okay. You know, and that's your point there. And now a word from our sponsor. Want to keep ahead of your competitors? Need to master a social platform? Struggling to measure your ROI? Discover how to improve your social media marketing at Social Mitten 2016, brought to you by Social Media Club Great Lakes Bay. Meet nationally recognized industry leaders. Experience expert-led sessions, soak up countless tips, new strategies, and enjoy extensive networking opportunities. Taking place at the innovative and leading University of Michigan, don't miss the largest social media conference in the Midwest by securing your ticket today at socialmitten.com. So, what's the magic number? How long should the videos be? Should we do longer ones and, and break them up for some of the different social media platforms? Yeah, you know, those are two different questions, um, and, and it's, it's a lot. You know, your video should only be as long as you are engaging. So the moment you start babbling or rambling is when someone's going to click off. Now, if you're really charismatic, I'm very charismatic, right? Like, my, my arms move, and, and I use a lot of facial expressions, so I hate dead air, but there are times when I need to give the joke room to breathe or the point room to breathe. That came with experience, okay? So I only do that now because I know that my audience will watch up to nine minutes of video with me. That's very rare. I've earned that right with my audience. Yes, I've tested it. So what I, what I urge all my clients to do is, is to go with three or under four minutes. Under four minutes, 10 videos. That's 40 minutes of video. That's longer than an hour TV show or, or uh, yeah, like an hour TV show, right? Which is right about the same amount of time. So that means if you can capture someone's attention for your entire playlist, they're watching you as much as they're watching, um, uh, you know, NS, NCIS or something like that. They're watching you as long as they watch their favorite TV shows. That's a really good place to be. Um, from there, you're going to get analytics. If your watch time is 80% of that, then yeah, you can start making longer videos because it's basically what you're saying is your audience, you can, your audience will stick around that long. You're engaging enough for that. If they're only sticking around for half, your next series should be two minute videos, quick tips, and it's just content and see how that does, okay. right? This is the magic of YouTube and this is why companies work with me is because a lot of companies have put one or two or three videos out there, maybe had success with one, but they haven't been able to duplicate it. Knowing where your analytics are, knowing what your viewer, listening to what your viewers are telling you through their watch time is going to make all the difference from you, for you and it will make you stand out from your competition. So it's more like you got to find your magic number. It's a little bit different for every business. And then once you find that through the analytics, stick with what's working. That's exactly right. Zach King, also known as the Final Cut King, right? He yeah. started on YouTube doing tutorials on how to edit. This guy, you know, is almost single-handedly responsible for me going back to school at 27 years old. Was hmm. I was learning so much there I, I, from Zach King on YouTube. These are half an hour tutorials. But now he's known for six-second videos. Right, right. So it's interesting to see how he went from 30 minutes to six seconds. What that proves is that the audience will stick around if the content's good. Mm -hmm. So focus more on the content and then making it consumable, right? Because the mind can only absorb what the, what the butt can endure. <laughs> so don't keep them on their butts too long. You know what I mean? Get yeah. the content to them, get them onto the next video. 
All right, so then once you got your video done, where do you suggest sharing it on? I mean, there's there's Facebook that would prefer that you upload it directly to that platform because then you get that that pre-clips that doesn't have the audio in the newsfeed. There's YouTube that you can add different elements for clickable links and so on within it. Where is that spa space to, to put it on and what's, what's the best place to be on? Um, initially to get that video out? You know, it, uh, that's such a great question. And if you asked me a year ago, I would have said YouTube, hands down YouTube. Like there's no other place to go but YouTube. Now with how quickly video has uh, taken over a lot of mobile news feeds on Facebook, you've got to have a repurposing strategy. Okay, and what a repurposing strategy is is just that. It's having one piece of content that's being multi-purposed onto different platforms, okay? Now, here's a couple rules with that. Number one is always respect the platform, right? You never dump your stuff on YouTube, and you never dump your YouTube stuff on Facebook. People consume on Facebook differently. Most people on Facebook are, are you, you, the average American spends 20 minutes a day on Facebook. Um, most people are thumbing through Facebook. We are going to skim. We are going to engage. We're going into the marketplace. YouTube is the new TV. So YouTube, when someone sits down to go watch YouTube, they are engaged. They are ready to spend 10, 20, 30 minutes watching video. And it's your, those are your eyeballs to lose. Okay? So you make, this is, what, this is how we do it at VideoSpot. You make a video for YouTube. Okay, and that's where you have, we use a process, you guys can check this out on my channel at VideoSpot, is the six point format, right? Where each of your videos has a snappy headline, an opening bumper, an introduction, three bullet points, and it's a six point format. Um, what you would do, that's your main video. Then you would re-edit that for Facebook. And you would re-edit that so that in the beginning, your bumper now moves to the beginning, right? Because in, in Facebook, you have silent videos. Right. And they need, so they need to be visually appealing. So we move the bumper to the front and we chop the video in half if we can. And what we do is we add an ending to see the rest, visit the blog. Okay, that's very important. So you've got a main video on YouTube. You have a re-edited shorter version for Facebook and it leaves, it's clickbait, right? Right, clickbait with call to action. So you, you, the video might be called uh, uh, Three Reasons Why and then on your, your Facebook edit, you just keep it down to one reason. To see the other two reasons, visit the blog. Why the blog and not YouTube? Yeah. Because YouTube is a direct competitor to Facebook video and they, they will publicly tell you, this is on developers.facebook.com, um, YouTube links are deprioritized. It will cost you more money to promote them and organically they will not get exposed. Okay, they will not get exposure. So. You embed the video from YouTube into your, your blog. You then promote the blog on Facebook. So you still get the view time on YouTube. You also get the remarketing pixel from the website if you're doing remarketing. And you also get the um, time spent on page for your Google Analytics. So that whole process right there, I wouldn't even mess with the Vine and the Instagrams. For most businesses, it's not a place for you. Um, so I wouldn't even go there. But having that repurposing strategy right there will generate leads for you and it will generate sales for you. This is awesome, man. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. All right. So we got down you know, what to consider for, for video, what equipment you need to use. 
the length of the videos, where you should be going from there. Now, the editing is a big process, yeah. and that's something that's hard for businesses to take on. Um, so any recommendations on what to do, how to handle that? Should they try to hit it in one, one, uh, one edit? I know it's hard to do, but... Uh, what what should they look at? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of that depends on personality type. I think a guy like you or me could probably do a one take and be okay. Now, I'm I'm good live. I'm better polished. Yeah. So I try to do everything polished. Um, it comes down to your scripting, and we take. There's two different approaches to scripting. The first is bursting, right? A burst is where you've got your notes in front of you. And they're sort of bullet pointed out. So instead of a word for word, like what you should say, it's going to instead say something like, talk about the value statement of Snapchat. And you're going to riff on that. Now, that's a, a, someone who knows how to speak on stage, someone who knows their content. Here's what you're going to do. You're going you're gonna to look at your notes. You're going to figure out what you're going to say. You're going to look at the camera. And you're going to burst that content out. And you're going to freeze. You're going to look back at your notes rinse and repeat okay that's bursting uh, and that's how I would wing it okay the other part of that is word-for-word word verbatim scripting and here's a big secret at video spot that's a big that's a big chunk of what I do why because I'm a rambler I will go off on topics that reminds me of uh, my uncle and you know and I'll go crazy on stuff so the script keeps me on point I did buy a teleprompter it was hundred and fifty dollars it works with my existing iPad and my galaxy stuff it's just a mirror so it'll work with anything um, but I go word for word. Now, do I care if I say, um, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, if instead of when or, or whatever, like if I mess up words here or there? No, it doesn't matter. The script is just there to keep me on point, right? And I, I, you, I look at the script, I say what's on the script, and I, that's it. Those are two different approaches. Yep. Both of those approaches are going to make your editing easier because your editor knows what to do. Here's what to avoid, Okay. okay? Because I'm prefacing all of this. Your question was about editing. Yeah. It all comes back to how you shoot it, right. right? Here's what Hollywood does not do. Hollywood does not go out uh, to a set and just start shooting and say, well, hopefully we'll get it, right? right? But that is what like 99% of business owners will do. Put the camera in front of me and I'll talk for an hour and we'll get enough. And then we'll dump it to an editor we found on Craigslist or my cousin or somebody that works in, the, the, who's a photographer and knows Premiere maybe, um, and say, make this a good video. That's crap and you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, that's dumping your stuff on somebody. You cannot do that. You shoot to edit. So there's a number here called your ratio, your, your shoot to edit ratio. Yep. If you've got a three, four minute video, you don't want to be uploading any more than six minutes of video. You want to have like a 50% ratio. For me, it's even less. I mean, we're, we might be shooting one extra minute of content, okay. um, you know, per each video. It's me stumbling, me messing up and starting over again. But you want to be shooting to edit. Then with your editor, you, we use PowerPoint. And we basically will say, these three screenshots, those are the only frames I want to see in this video. So close up, wide shot, picture above me and a full screen graphic. Now your editor knows his parameters, he has the footage, and he can turn around 15, a good editor can turn around 15 videos in a day. You know, if you give it to them like that. But it's all in the, in the production. And in my YouTube course for business owners, we teach that course from beginning to end, first write the scripts, then make the storyboards. Um, that same financial client was able to get 18 videos done in a day because he followed that system. So the key is in having an organized, approach maximizing your time with that so 
Now, I know we keep bitching videos, and to kind of close this out, you know, people that's like, okay, I hear you saying, I hear you saying it, but why? You know, why do I need to do it? Why should I spend my time doing video, finding somebody in our, an organization to do it? Okay, why video, right? Why is live video what everyone's talking about right here? And it comes down to a couple different things. Number one is the, the attention span, right? When I'm reading your blog, I'm basically skimming your blog, and when I'm on your newsfeed looking at your ad, I'm basically skimming through it. I might tap on it, and then I'm going to skim through that page. Right. Video is not skimmable. And I know there's people out there watching. I'm a video nut, right? So I watch video all the time. Unless I need a quick tutorial on how to like open something on my Mac or uh, a keyboard shortcut. In that case, I want to skim. I want to see hit Command D and then press the space bar and then do this. I don't need a two minute video for that. But in almost every other case, I will watch the video and I will be sat down watching the video. So no, that's full attention. full attention. That's that's the attention span. And even even if they're if it's not full attention, you're engaging all the senses. So what you've got is you got audio and you've got video right happening there. Um, if someone turns off and they're just listening now, but they're on another web page, they're still listening. So you've got this multi-sensory approach to video, and that's very important. It affects the attention span. The psychology of video, that's the real key, right? Uh, social scientists call this a parasocial relationship. It's a one-way relationship where you actually start to feel like you know the person that's on the other side of that screen. Here's why, because you've been looking at their eyes. You've been watching their facial expressions. You've been watching their body language for an hour, two hours, maybe, maybe just seven minutes a week but for 52 weeks, you've been watching this vlogger or this business person. That creates relationship. So what happens is when your customers call you, and this is, this is a, I have clients who have called me, and they, they, he actually says with his wife, he says, hey, I, I'm, I'm talking to Owen on the phone here. And it, it, of course he's talking to Owen, but in the, it's, just, it's odd for someone that I just met to be calling me by my first name and referring to me to his wife. But he had told me this. He said, we've been watching your videos all weekend. He says, my daughters know who you are. My wife knows who you are. And I'll tell you that, I mean, that is so touching, oh, yeah. right? And that is a very powerful place for me to be. So I now have to be in the position where I can back up the things that I taught him on those videos mm -hmm. or I cannot, right? The parasocial relationship is a sacred thing because you can very easily mi mislead people simply because they trust you or because they trust you, you can lead them into the best business decision they've ever made, which is to do business with you because you're the best person for them and you offer the best service. I don't care if you're a plumber, a broker, a realtor, it doesn't matter. Video will create trust. And what you do with that trust is absolutely essential to who you are as a business person. We believe that that because you're listening to this podcast, because you're in business, you have a desire to serve people and you want to help people. So we trust that you're going to take that parasocial relationship and be a benefactor, right? And I stress this point because it is such a powerful thing. Jody Foster, right? This guy in the 80s killed Reagan because of his wacky or shot Reagan because of his wacky parasocial relationship to Jody Foster right that's how powerful that relationship is and you've got to do good things with it all right man i feel like we could talk about this all day and i and i, and I could but anything i'm leaving out or, or resources next steps that that you want to end with yeah you don't have to be on video 
you know, there's lots of templates, and at thevideospot.net, we do a lot of services where we can help record your voice and do animations. We do PowerPoint videos. You don't have to be the person on camera, but you're not developing a relationship there, and you're you're not necessarily ingratiating like um, loyalty, right? So you'll have a less effective video, but you could probably pump a lot more out and it will get you over that fear. In the end, I think you do need to be on camera in one way, shape or form. But if you're if you're uncomfortable, and maybe not you, maybe a representative of your company, but you've got to put a face behind it. If you're uncomfortable with that right now, maybe you're a solopreneur or you're a business owner, you're not really sure who's going to be on camera, start with voice. Do voiceover PowerPoints. Keynote is even better. But uh, start there, get comfortable, and then increase what you're doing. You can't stay stale for too long. YouTube won't allow it. Awesome, Owen. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. If you guys uh, liked what you hear today, certainly leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate that. For more information about the show, check out jeffdehaven.com, powered by Blue Thumb. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much. This podcast is a production of Blue Thumb Digital. For more useful information, head over to bluethumbdigital.com.